0: Welcome back to the Missing Persons Research Hub podcast. On today's episode, we have Tyler Hooper. Tyler loves telling stories, particularly long-form stories that involve history, the environment, crime, or quirky people. Recently, he started his own podcast titled The Missing and Unexplained Podcast, which primarily looks at missing persons cases, and in the future, will delve into other topics. It has over 30,000 downloads. You can listen to his podcast anywhere you can get your podcasts. all right everyone so yeah welcome back to the missing persons research hub podcast we're now on episode four and this time around we're doing something a little bit different we actually have a podcaster um, from the missing and unexplained podcast on this podcast so tyler welcome thanks for joining us here we really appreciate it
1: oh thanks for having me I, i i'm excited to be here
0: wicked all right so let's just jump in you know i really want to know like about you like how did you get involved in podcasting? Why did you get involved in this podcast? What's your background?
1: So I guess the best way to describe myself is that uh, I'm a storyteller uh, from, well, who lives in British Columbia, Canada. Uh, Podcasting is pretty new to me. Uh, My background is mostly in print journalism, a little bit of documentary um, and television, but uh, podcasting is new. Uh, I've always been interested uh, in missing persons cases, Uh, have been devouring uh, podcasts, uh, especially because of when the pandemic started last year and really wanted to do something a little different and a bit more narrative driven when it came to um, you know telling stories and, and I've always wanted to start my own podcast so you know I was kind of looking into the Ryan Stuka disappearance and I thought you know what let's just do this let's start my own missing persons podcast and then it's kind of evolved involved uh, from there.
0: Okay so you just brought up a case is that something that you've been talking about on your podcast the Ryan Sugar case you said?
1: Yeah, so Ryan Stuka went missing uh, in Sun Peaks, Kamloops, BC, a few years ago, and that's kind of the first season of my podcast, and that's you know that was one of the reasons I decided to do it. Uh, and I'm working on my second season now uh, about Chris Fowler, who who went missing in Washington State. Um, but yeah, I just mentioned it because it was kind of the catalyst for for starting the podcast.
0: Well, now you got to tell us. You have to tell us what these cases are about. You can't just leave us hanging. So maybe tell us about this th- this case, I guess, involving Ryan, so that we can get some. Uh, background on what was that catalyst for you?
1: Yeah. So Ryan's case, it's odd because a lot of people said to me, why didn't you pick a case that was less covered? And I'm like, that's a really fair point because Ryan's case has been covered quite extensively by both the media. Uh, there's even been a documentary made about it. And part of that is because his family, especially Heather, his mother has been so um, active and outspoken uh, and willing to talk to media to keep Ryan's case in the spotlight. But I, I think it's really interesting because he it's one of those ones where he virtually vanished without a trace Um, He went missing from Sun Peak Ski Resort in winter in February. Uh, Basically, he was last seen at this kind of get together slash after party after having some beers at the bar at a silent disco. Um, And he virtually vanished without a trace. Like there's there's no evidence to suggest where he could have gone or what happened to him. So it was that baffling aspect that got me initially thinking about doing it. But then when I started talking to Heather and doing the interviews, I was really kind of learning about who Ryan is and that's what really pulled me in. I thought, here's a really young guy that I can relate to uh, in some ways. And I think a lot of people can relate to. Um, and so, you know, bringing um, some humanity uh, to, to, to the case and to, to Ryan's story is really what I tried to do. And, and that's kind of what got me going.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. And I think that that's something that podcasting more generally can offer is giving that, that story component. So then, I guess I want to leave that space, you know, for your podcast to talk about these cases and these stories, because I do think that, you know, there's a place for that, but maybe not on this one. So then maybe tell us a little bit more about your podcast so that our listeners can plug into it.
1: Yeah. So like, you know, like I was saying, it's very narrative driven, um, but it's not, you know, it's not a one-off episode. Uh, sorry, my phone's just going off here. I'm just going to mute it. Um, it's not a one-off episode. Uh, like a lot of podcasts. It's very in-depth. So my first, um, my first uh, series was four episodes, all about an hour long. Um, well, roughly an hour. Uh, and so my, the idea was, you know, to really dig deep into not just into the case, but into these people. Um, and then through that, maybe bring, um, you know, my research skills and, and, and bring something new to the table. Um, so I'm not really saying I mean, it's not that different than what's out there. But I think um, the amount of research and the amount of time that I put into, um, you know, putting into little details of the story, um, you know, is something that's really important. And, and that's kind of what keeps me going. And then there's other things I want to explore down the road, but but missing persons is going to be uh, continue to be my main focus.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's important to, to talk about is the fact that you do have to do a bunch of research, you make sure that your information's correct, you make sure you're talking to the families, you make sure that you're contributing, you know, to missing persons and not making, you know, sensationalized reports. And I don't know if you can speak on that um, about podcasting more generally, because I've run into that issue where I feel like with what you're saying is that podcasting for missing persons and even true crime and all that is a little bit convoluted like there's a lot of podcasts there's a lot of people doing kind of similar stuff and I always find that they tend to be a little bit dramatic so do you have any thoughts on that do you have any you know goals that can I guess counter that in podcasting
1: yeah so that's a great segue yeah so one of the things I noticed when I was listening to a lot of podcasts and, you know, not to name any or anything like that, but I did find this sensational element. And I mean, when you're telling a story uh, and you're creating entertainment, of course, there needs to be uh, gravitas and drama and even some some sensationalism. But with missing persons specifically, I feel like it's, it's a really difficult thing to do well, um, because it's not like covering a murder or something like that, where this person is for sure. Um, Gone, um, and and you know, there's there's this element to missing persons that I think it's like a wound that never heals for family and friends, and so it's a bit more sensitive. Not to say that you know another horrible tragedy like a murder or something like that isn't isn't painful for family and friends, it is. But I think missing persons is a little different, and so I really wanted to stay away from that, um, and I wanted to make it about the missing person, and you know, trying to be present you know, when I'm editing and when I'm producing by using present tense and not using was and using is like, because we don't know what's happened to these people. So I really, you know, try and be cognizant of what I'm saying and what I'm doing. Um, You know, and it's, it's, it's not to say that, you know, I'm putting my podcast up on this pedestal and then I'm better than the rest. I definitely don't think that, but I just think because of my journalism and my research and even my, you know, I, I have a master's degree, like some of the academia background that I bring, um, that I could bring something a bit more in depth and a bit more thought out. Um, you know, my goal was not to release an episode a week. Like my seasons come out when they're ready and there's, you know, months without content in between them. Um, so it's just it's just a, a bit different motivation for me, I think, than a lot of other people. And not to say I'm right and they're wrong, uh, but I think for me, I wanted to approach this in a very um, uh, kind of holistic way where I could kind of feel good about what I was doing with my podcasting, that I was trying to help family and friends and, and communities. Um, so I, I know that kind of maybe makes it more convoluted what we're talking about, but I, I try and stay away from, you know, selling sensationalism with a case and, and trying to like make that why people should be interested. I'm more trying to sell them on like this person has a really interesting story, um, you know, tied up in, you know, them going missing. So that's why you should listen to it. And, you know, coming on and doing these types of podcasts and talking to people who are actually, you know, doing academic research, you know, you're the kind of audience that I'd like to have listening to my podcast, as well as people, um, you know, who enjoy a good, good story as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. And like, that's actually why I wanted you to come on this podcast is because I noticed that you were, it's like you said, it's not putting you on a different pedestal or in a higher level than other podcasts, but I found that you kind of kept it real. And that's something that I think we need because with missing persons, like you said, there's that ambiguous loss component. And I don't want to prey on people's emotions and vulnerability. I want to help. And I, and for me with that motivation, um, I like to, get people involved that also want to help instead of trying to get you know big view counts and drama and you know, doing a bunch of things that don't really help, you know. So you've kind of talked about some of it, but I'm curious, from your experience with podcasting, particular to the field of missing persons, what are some of the challenges you faced? Like have you run into any barriers? Has there been any hesitation with people, you know getting on your podcast or talking about their stories?
1: that's a great question uh so far i've been pretty lucky uh the first two cases that i wanted to look at i made sure uh the close family was okay with it um that's something i'm going to continue to do going forward that if the core people um the family friends whatever aren't comfortable with it i don't want to do it like i want to do it with them on board um so so far I, i haven't hit any barriers um in that sense uh i The one thing that's difficult with, you know, not doing an episode a week or not doing an episode all the time, um, I get a lot of suggestions of, of cases to cover and I just don't have the time to do them all and that upsets me because I would really like to. know do more to bring uh more missing persons into the into the spotlight but i just don't have the capacity maybe down the road um as i as i kind of figure this out a little bit more um i'll be able to do that um but uh but no i mean no no major snags yet i mean again with my with my journalism background like i feel like you know my intent even when i was writing you know articles and features it was always to try and help and, and trying to bring awareness to something, not necessarily just to try and get clicks. So I, I think that helps me when I approach people. I think they can tell that I'm sincere and that I actually do really want to help. And obviously, there is a component I want my podcast to do well, but it's that's not the the main driving factor. It really is about you know raising awareness and bringing humanity to these cases. So um, no, so far it's been relatively smooth sailing, and I'm I'm sure I've just jinxed myself for whatever project I do next. But <laughs> yeah.
0: It's possible. But hey, listen, there's a lot of family members that are plugged into the hub that are trying to see where their space is in the the missing persons research community. Um, And so I think that them hearing, you know, about your approach and how you have a passion for it and your empathy and your understanding, they might be reaching out to you. So. Um, Just a little plug, I'll put his information in the little blurb of the podcast. We'll talk about that later. But, you know, I want to draw back to this, you know, you've identified some positive ways that podcasting can can help the missing persons community, you know, getting the stories out there, which always helps with getting more eyes on the case and and getting more people involved in locating the person, even just trying to see if there's different leads that might have been missed. But from your experience then, and I guess it probably contributes to why you started the podcast, but what are some of the positives? What are some of the pros? How can podcasting contribute to the field of missing persons?
1: Well, I think one of the ways is awareness. I, I think the frustration for a lot of these family uh, friends and even, you know, some of the, 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 the officers and law enforcement who investigate these cases um, you know, once the initial disappearance is kind of passed, uh, people forget and people move on, and and it's not easy to get the public to care about your missing loved one. Um, and so I think uh, podcasts are a way of keeping those, um, you know, cases alive and, and and you know, keeping people aware that these people are missing and on the lookout for anything that could help. So that's definitely a big positive. I think when done right, um, there is a really great hu- hu- like human aspect brought to them that really humanizes these people because I think sometimes. You know, and I fall victim to this, too, sometimes when I'm watching, you know, certain true crime series and stuff on Netflix is like, you know, you get hooked on the mystery and the sensationalism of of this almost like grotesque um, story. But really at the end of the day, it's especially with missing persons, these are people. And, and it's important to remember that and to really humanize them in a way that they feel real and that you feel empathy and emotion towards them. So I think some podcasts, uh, in a hopefully mine, do that really well. Um, and, and so that's that's something that I think really, really helps because I think there is a fine line for a lot of families and friends trying to keep um, their loved ones' case in the public is there, there there is that yin and the yang and or that double-edged sword of, of media that it's like. Well, sometimes it's really helpful and then sometimes it's not, you know, if people are reporting the wrong facts, the wrong information, like that just frustrates families more. So, um, so yeah, I think podcasts are, are, are a great way for people to delve into uh, missing persons as a subject and approach it from different angles, you know, whether you're a storyteller or a researcher like yourself, I mean, there's so much ground to cover. So I think it can be really, really beneficial and, and, and reach a lot of different people, you know, whether it's academics or, or everyday people.
0: Yeah, and that was absolutely my kind of initial idea was to just get more people talking about it. And especially across Canada, I felt that there's definitely a lot of people doing great work in little pockets of Canada, but we're not really talking to each other. Unfortunately, we're doing this great work, but, you know, I think collaborating is going to take it to that next level. I wanted to draw back as well to, we keep circling around it, that sensationalized, um, comment about what podcasting can bring um, in terms of the negative sense, and I just wanted to contribute from a researcher lens that, from you know, from my research and other research in Canada, the reality of missingness is kind of much more mundane than what the podcasts typically showcase. You know, and that's not to say that there's not cases that are extreme and do contain elements of harm, or crime, or victimization. There's definitely connections there. So I don't want to take away from that. But I do want to put it on the table, um, just to introduce it to the conversation that missing this in Canada, you know, a lot of the time is people leaving home because they're mad at their mom and dad, or late for curfew, or, you know, they're just maybe not where they're meant to be. And there's a panic. And there's also that element of cell phones and social media and technology where everyone's kind of interconnected and very quickly right now Um, and as technologies progress I expect that to continue obviously and so if someone's not on Facebook even for like three hours people do report them missing which is good we want that obviously because we want to make sure people are safe and well but it means that missing persons you know is just kind of checking on someone's well-being making sure that they're okay and they're safe and just making sure that they're connected back to their social networks. So instead of dancing around that, I just wanted to put that on the table that sensationalized comment often comes from the fact that podcasts like Tyler's identified here, talk about um, cases that are connected to crime or that involve some type of mysterious kind of drama that's alluring. And there's there, you know, there's obviously a space for that, but that's where that comment comes from. So, I'll jump forward from that. I, actually, no, I'll draw back. Tyler, did you want to add anything to that? That was my little rant there.
1: <laughs> no, actually, I I fully agree with what you said. And hey, I wanted to say, too, like, I, you know, I am very self-aware. Like, I, you know, I just changed my podcast name from a podcast for The Missing to The Missing and Unexplained. Um Because, you know what, I wanted my name to be a bit more sensationalistic, mostly because I wanted to have the opportunity to cover um, things that maybe aren't solely missing persons related down the road. Um, And so, you know, like I, you know, I'm the first to admit that, like, I'm falling into that trap of, you know, putting a little bit of sensationalism into my brand and my podcast to try and draw listeners in. But I think if you're self aware with it and that's not what you're all consumed with, it's not the worst thing in the world. Like I think when people listen to the Ryan Stuka series and when they hear the series I do about Chris, like, you know, they'll, they'll really see the amount of depth there is to it. And I think that's, what's important. It's, it's what's in the content and, you know, the branding and, and everything else is, is kind of just really noise at the end of the day, or or it should be. So I totally agree with you. I just wanted to, you know, to say for those who, you know, maybe sleuthing and wondering, you know, know that I changed the name. It's like, yeah, I, I'm aware that, you know, so a lot of the things that I'm saying, I, I also fall victim to. So. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think we all do. I mean, like, I've even thought about it for this podcast, where I'm like, what title should I use? Like, how can I get people to to get plugged into this and i and like i said i don't think there's anything wrong with that and you said it too like if you're self-aware if you're transparent with that like hey listen like some of this may be more skewed from reality or you know i'm changing it to fit with a brand like That's where the important important factor comes in and that's the transparency component. So the people aren't hooked on some type of sensationalized idea of what's actually happening um, and that there's more awareness on maybe what the quote unquote reality is. So I agree. Self-awareness, 100%. Identifying it, being transparent with it, 100%. I'm on board with all the above. Um, And that's what we do in the research world, right? We uncover these things and we're transparent about them. Um, But we also research them because they're interesting, right? I'm not just in this field because... I woke up one day and I'm like, I'm just going to research missing persons. I'm in it because obviously I'm passionate about it. I have personal experience with it, which I've talked about on this podcast. But I also am interested in it because there's an interesting component to it. There's a lot of mechanisms that contribute to it. So, of course, it's what we're all doing. And academics will tell you, might tell you otherwise, but I'll be forward and say, you know, I'm involved in it because I find it interesting too. So <laughs> um, Tyler, do you have any, you want to stay on that comment? If not, I'll move forward and ask you another question.
1: No, I'm good. I, uh, I said what I needed to say. So thanks for letting me do that.
0: <laughs> of course. Wicked. All right. So I want to turn, because I just kind of introduced the research component and turn it to you and see from your experience as a podcaster, someone that's in this world, talking about the stories, connecting with families, connecting with other podcasters, what can the research community do to help this? If there's so many positives and there's so many ways that the that podcasting can contribute, what can the research community contribute to podcasting to help podcasting contribute to the field of missing persons?
1: Uh, yeah, it's a great question. And I'm glad you sent this to me a while ago. So I had some time to think about it because I felt like when we did our pre-chat or our pre-interview. It was a, que- it was a good question, but it kind of hit me out of left field and I was not try to answer it. So I was thinking about it, and really, what I find really interesting, and I and I'm really excited to you know have you on my podcast to talk about this as well in your research. But I think more research and more understanding needs to be done about policing and missing persons, because from my experience, um, listening and and also being a host and a producer myself and creating my own content, there is a very big stigma um, against uh, policing and the police and missing persons, and and you know, it's not, not anything new. Everyone knows, you know, that, and and a lot of families do get frustrated with investigations and and how they're handled. But I interviewed uh, a member of the RCMP for my first series on Ryan and it was really I mean, it was it was amazing that I got that interview, but it was it was amazing to hear their perspective and to hear the numbers and the, the cases and the demographics and the things they deal with and and the resources that they have or don't have. And and to me, it really made me see things differently. And from a research perspective, I think that's something that academics such as yourself can really get into, you know, the nitty gritty of, you know, you know, what are the challenges of policing um, in certain regions by certain certain demographics and certain communities like it is something that I think needs to be um, studied and understood more Um, you know and again research academic research is not really my strong suit on this topic but uh, if I was going to you know say from my perspective I think that's something that um, could be done more of um, you know and even looking at um, you know trends and and, you know of people who go missing in certain demographics and urban areas and and things like that like I, I think that's where academia can really help um help bring some things to light and you know help podcasters such as myself put more context um on stuff that we're talking about you know if you're especially if you're talking about a case where you know that person isn't the only person to go missing in that area of that demographic of that community like there may be trends there that for the regular person such as myself might not you might not see it but as for a researcher um, you know, they might be able to, to come across some data, uh, or some information that could reveal something really interesting. So that's kind of where, where I would say, you know, the, the, policing aspect would be, would be really interesting. And I think can, you know, there's more that can be contributed there.
0: Yeah. And I love that. There's so much I could pull out from what you just said. Um, you know, for researchers that are listening, what Tyler's saying is essentially get your work out there, put your name out there, um, jump on podcasts to, to contribute that evidence informed information so that we're not sensationalizing things so that people start to begin to understand the mechanisms and what's happening behind the scenes and what's going on in Canada. Um, So if you're interested, um, reach out to him. I'm sure he'd be willing to have you. I know that I'm going to jump on later down the line uh, when things are less chaotic, if that will ever happen. But you know it's important to to engage in public dissemination of our work that's pretty much what the missing persons research hub exists for um and i also love that you brought brought up like a specific topic that needs more research because that's what i've dedicated you know my research to is looking at police responses to missing persons but i think that applies to pretty much every topic in missing like related to missing persons in canada we need more information on it and and if we don't engage in more research we're not going to get that information so do the research and jump on podcasts is what we're saying.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I, I think you're absolutely right. And the podcasting, like, I like the the collaborative nature, like, or the thought of collaborative nature between researchers and podcasters, kind of like what we're doing, because you know, I think there is a bridge there, and there is some common ground there that we can discuss. Um, you know, and I think you know there there are there are some people. Who, whether they're a podcast or a researcher who maybe aren't, maybe podcasting is not the best medium for them to get their um, info or their research across, but anywhere, you know, whatever it is, like if you can get out there and talk about what you're doing, um, it's going to help. Because I, you know, for me, I think missing persons is something that is covered a lot from a storytelling perspective, but I, I, I think there's a lot of areas for it to be covered um, from a more granular research academic perspective. And um, yeah, I think that's, it's it's great what you're doing and I'm really excited to talk to you about it.
0: Yeah, I love that. Thanks for saying that. Um, you know, I also wanna put it out there like, I think that what we've done in in the missing persons field is we've studied, studied things like Facebook and Twitter for um, missing persons appeals and understanding how public engagement can impact those cases and the search and the investigation process. But there's also this whole undiscovered side of missing persons right now which is podcasting how can these podcasts contribute to the field of missing persons do they drive up public engagement do they help with new leads you know testing and tracking that stuff is super important as well that's the whole movement in, in the evidence-based world which is happening you know globally right now so again um if any researcher are listening and need a dissertation topic or um, need a project that they want to commit several years to like we all like to to do um, maybe look at podcasting how can podcasts help Um, and I think the world would love to hear how they can do better or do things differently or what they're doing right that's helpful and what maybe they're not doing that that's not helpful you know it's something to think about Um, so it looks like we're kind of getting close to the end of our time here with Tyler. And so I just want to open up the floor and say, do you have any final thoughts that maybe I've skimmed over or um, I missed in our conversation? And do you have a call to action for people listening?
1: Um, No, we've been pretty thorough. Um, I was just thinking about, um, you know, going back, kind of tying this whole conversation together, um, you know, about the pros and cons and and podcasting and, and, and storytelling and missing persons that, um, you know, I really do feel like, um, there is a, probably a bit of an oversaturation when it comes to storytelling and visiting persons, whether it's through, um, you know, podcasting, uh, you know, documentary or, or, or well, to a lesser extent, like, you know, nonfiction and literature. But, um, you know, I really do feel like, uh, you know, the sociological, the policing, like, um, you know, even if there's, I mean, this maybe this doesn't make a lot of sense, but even the anthropological. Um, you know, metrics of missing persons is something that I think, um, you know, hopefully people are out there like yourself are studying because uh, I think it really needs to be, you know, dug deeper and to help us understand uh, trends in missing persons, because that's one thing I'm noticing, like when I'm having guests on and they're talking about what they've written or what they've done, like there does seem to be trends for, for some of these things. And I think that's really when where we can figure out, you know, what's going on in certain areas and maybe even help um, you know, some families um get some closure. So no, I've nothing to add other than to say that like I'm really excited to talk to you about what you're doing. And um, you know, thanks for having me on your podcast. Um, in terms of a call to action, like you know, if you have an idea, um, do it. Uh, you know, that's the podcast for me. Um, I wouldn't really call myself uh an advocate or anything like that beforehand. I still really don't, but you know, the underlying um you know tingling feeling that I had was that I really wanted to bring more awareness. The missing persons cases and really help Heather Stuka and you know all the other family members that I'm hopefully going to cover in the future so um, yeah if you have an idea um, you know whether it's for a research paper a podcast a documentary um, you know go for it and, and see what happens because I, I literally um, went into the podcast being like you know if I get a hundred downloads that would be amazing and you know I'm closing in on 30,000 now which is just ridiculous so um, it's it's you know, anything is possible and, and anything in the missing persons field, um, you know, if you're self-aware about it, it's going to help and it's going to it's going to help family and friends and people out there. So I, I just encourage people to go out there and, and do it.
0: Yeah. And I love that. That's a great call to action is just do it right. Like, again, that's how the missing persons research hub started is I saw a gap and I saw that there were a lot of great people, passionate people uh, involved in the field, but, you know, we just needed a space to talk and put things out there and start that public conversation on our work. And here I am, you know, <laughs> you know, several hours later, <laughs> a little, a little bit of money later, you know, uh, we've got something going and something that could help hopefully and we'll see. But um, Yeah. If anyone's interested in getting in touch with Tyler about the the podcast, his podcast, again, like I said, I'll put it in the blurb at the bottom of this uh, podcast on the hub as well. You know, he's on Twitter. I'll put that information there too. And I do want to put that call out to action just as Tyler did is to get involved and make sure that you're, you know, contributing to the conversation if you have Uh, evidence-informed information or um, other stories or cases that can help contribute to the field of missing persons in Canada. So with that, I'll say thank you, Tyler. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate everything you've said and everything you've contributed. And thank you for getting a podcast going to give the families a voice and give these stories some greater awareness across Canada. I really appreciate it. And I know that many people in the field do as well.
1: Thank you so much for those kind words and having me on. I'm really excited to talk to you on my podcast as well.
0: All right. Wicked. Take care, Tyler. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Missing Persons Research Hub podcast. Until next time.